0: Welcome, my name is Alessandra Carden and you're listening to The Alessandra Carden Show. On this podcast, we explore nutrition, holistic health, personal development, and more. It's my mission to give you the information, inspiration, tips, and tools that you need to optimize your energy, health, and happiness. I'm here to help you thrive. Today's episode is a fascinating conversation with Neve Roseman. Neve, who's from Melbourne, Australia, is certified in both personal training and yoga. We actually recorded this conversation months ago when Neve had just finished a yoga training in India, and since then, Neve launched Wild Movement, a yoga and meditation YouTube channel that is a hub for mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. In this episode, Neve shares her unique and refreshing perspective on fitness. By applying Eastern yogic philosophy to Western-style workouts, she inspires her personal training clients to view every kind of exercise as a form of mindful movement. It's her mission to empower others to experience fitness in a way that's unconditioned, authentic, love-filled, expansive, soulful, and so much fun. In this episode, you'll learn about how shifting your thoughts during exercise can impact your fitness results, your energy levels, and your entire life. We explore how movement can be used as a tool to link the subconscious mind with the body, and how exercise paired with deliberate thoughts can empower you to manifest any desire. We also chat about the value of setting intentions, practicing visualization techniques, and finding a balance between challenging yourself and letting yourself rest. You'll get to hear about the spiritual transformation Neve experienced in Byron Bay and the yoga teacher training she attended in India as well. What you'll learn in this episode is truly life-changing, and I hope you enjoy it. Here it is, my conversation with Neve. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. My
1: pleasure. I'm so excited.:
0: I've been following you on social media for a while now, and I always get so excited when I see your posts, your oh. approach to personal training. it just resonates with me so much. Um, mm-hmm. So I teach yoga. But I really love all forms of movement and um, asana, as you know, is just the physical part of yoga. Um, and yeah. I really look at all forms of movement as asana. So that being said, I love the gym so much, but sometimes I'd feel kind of out of place at the gym because, yes. you know, just a little different than the yoga studio. But then when I was doing my teacher training, I was kind of confused about why I didn't Want to just do yoga, only yoga all day at the studio. So I love how you sort of merge the two, bring that Eastern mindset into Western style fitness. So I was wondering, can you elaborate more on what exactly you do? And I guess how your perception of exercise is a bit different than a typical trainer?
1: Yeah, um, I would love to. It's my favourite topic as I love talking about it. Um, I could talk about it for like hours at a time. But so basically what happened was, I'll kind of start from the start. I grew up really into sport, really into gym, like a real movement kind of addict. I danced like full time um, while I was in high school as well. So I was always kind of moving. And then I decided to get my certificate 3 and 4 to do personal training and I started like really basic old school fitness kind of stuff and that this is before I kind of was really in touch with my spirituality um, I was always like really creative and loved to write and like that kind of stuff but I wasn't really in that spiritual world yet um, and then I decided to move to Byron Bay with my sister. And I don't know if you know, but in Australia, Byron Bay is like the hippie capital. It's where like all the yoga, all the good yoga is and like all the really good like vegan health foods and the pretty beaches and everything like that. So it's really... um. I haven't heard of it and I really want to go. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's amazing. Um, But the energy there, like... People say and if it, it sounds really airy fairy, like all the energy of the place is really intense. But like no joke, like it is like the energy there is so potent for kind of spirituality. So I went, I moved there with my sister, kind of just wanting like a chill beach lifestyle. And I ended up getting this like massive, intense spiritual transformation in the process that was um completely unexpected. And I'll kind of like narrow it down because again I could talk about that for another 2 hours in itself but I basically kind of yeah went through this process of kind of actually understanding my mind um and understanding myself and I got really into neuroscience as well and I started to research a lot about neuroscience and then I started to have these really kind of deep spiritual experiences where I felt like Physically boundless, like my body wasn't kind of like housing me anymore, and I had this like infinite soul that could like swim in the ocean and then like kind of merge into the trees and like it sounds like I'm on drugs, and I swear this whole thing was sober there was no psychedelics involved or like alcohol or any drugs um it was literally just yeah, these kind of really intense spiritual experiences that I had just by being outside in nature completely alone and um, sober so then that kind of started happening and I started being like whoa like there's this whole other part of life and living that is in this boundless place of like the soul that's not got to do with the mind or the body but instead of kind of like getting separated from my body and my mind, I kind of got more fascinated with them. I kind of found that my mind and my body were these like really cool tools that I could work with and like kind of not manipulate but maneuver in really fun and interesting ways to um, to manifest my life and to kind of work out what I wanted to do with these cool tools and this kind of experience that I had. In front of me, which was life, and then that's when um, I started to really see the connection between movement and and the mind. And because basically, how I see it is when you're moving your body, it's normally kind of like subconscious thought, like you're not thinking, "I'm gonna move my hand." and pick this up. You kind of just move your hand straight away. So it's all kind of like in the subconscious mind, very similar to like breathing when we're not thinking about it. We're just breathing and like we don't think about digesting our food and stuff. So there's kind of this whole other level where the mind and the body really connect in this subconscious. But when you start to move and you start to be really aware and be really conscious and kind of bring in that yoga philosophy into the mix where you you're really choosing the thoughts that you think as you move your body starts to and your mind starts to actually create new thought patterns and like imprint these kind of blueprints that you're putting into yourself as you move so for example like I really kind of struggling with money a couple of weeks ago because I Working for my own business, uh, not a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, before I left for India, and I was having this real like block. I felt like I was just faced with this real block um, with money and like um, wealth and abundance and all that kind of stuff. So I went on a run, and as I was as I was running and as I was moving my body, I was kind of like I I was kind of saying these legs are worthy of abundance and are worthy to be appreciated and they're worthy and I'm running as rich as I can be and, like, as I run, I magnetize this wealth and I kind of, like, put all these blueprints into my body so that then I can come back to that. Like, then when my body starts to walk and starts to move in everyday life, there's always that path that I've mapped out neurologically in the brain that has that, this could be another, every moment could be an opportunity to magnetize this energy again. Um, And it was funny because as soon as I finished that run, I got my tax return back, which I wasn't expecting. I don't know if you have tax return in, um, in Canada, but basically in, you live in Canada, yeah? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I love those checks in the mail
1: so good and I literally was like I'd budgeted like a hundred Australian dollars and as soon as I finished that run no joke five minutes later I got a check like three grand yeah three grand and I had budgeted like one hundred dollars wow incredible yeah it's just it's crazy and like even little things like in Bikram yoga as well I do Bikram and the teachers say like a script for that, like they kind of stick to the a script um, and they say the same things over and over again. And one of the things that they say is like, go back, more back, push back, go harder, push. And they always kind of say or like something along the lines of that as you're like reaching down to touch your toes. And the other day I was in my kitchen and I was reaching for a spice jar, at the top of the cupboard, and I thought mentally, go back, push back harder, pull, 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 (laughs) as I was pushing it. And, like, I didn't even realise, but it just that that was kind of proof that when you're consciously aware um, of things and you're, like, mapping that roadmap in your body when you start to do that movement again that pattern's there and that can kind of like guide you through um so yeah then I kind of really started experimenting with that and kind of seeing where this would take me and I realized that yeah, movement could be this really cool tool where you can link the subconscious mind with the body and um, really learn about yourself as well and kind of just play with things and also have so much fun. I think it really lightened up my whole movement practice because I was going into it with a completely different aim. I was kind of on this self-discovery journey and I was really excited by it whereas I felt like in the past when it it was really aesthetic-based, I kind of lost motivation and you kind of get drawn down with the ego and like how you look whereas this felt like a completely different frequency. I was kind of off with the wind um, and the fairies kind of like thinking about neuroscience and stuff and it was so much fun. I just had this new energy about it. And I started performing better as well. Like I started running a lot faster. I started lifting a lot more weight. um, And I had this whole new kind of life force energy available to me that I could use. And yeah, it was just kind of like perfect timing as well, because I had all these clients that I was like personal training that could be my guinea pigs. um, And I could kind of test out this new theory of... um, of movement and personal training and fitness with them, and they started really loving it, and they started benefiting from it. And I was like, "Wow, like I might actually be kind of onto something here, and this might be worth really investing some like time and money and energy onto promoting and spreading." And yeah, and then so that's what I did. That's what I'm doing now.
0: That's really really cool. What an incredible journey. Like you said, I feel like a lot of training is just physical and aesthetic based. So it's awesome. It's like you're creating whole new mental patterns. Like you said, it's like you're training your mind while training your body, right? And it's like, it's all connected too.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very I love um, Deepak Chopra. I think he's, his description of like, body mind connection he calls it like the body mind as it's one kind of holistic being and I really resonate with that I feel like there kind of is no separation
0: there's no connection because they're one
1: (laughs) yeah and like your mind literally like created your body and it creates your body every day like as a way to kind of like explore the world because it's it's kind of confined into the brain so it had to grow arms and legs and stuff like when you think about it like
0: wild so fascinating.
1: <laughs> but also yeah just quickly about the aesthetics thing I had this really great realization in the yoga course that I just did um so I it was really traditional yoga so it was called, it's labeled like raja yoga so it's like the um the eight paths where asana is only one of the eight that we studied so it was actually kind of like a lot less yoga poses and a lot more like meditation and spirituality, which I actually had no idea until I rocked up and started the course, but I loved it. Nevertheless, I think that it was exactly what I needed. But my teacher was saying something really important about attachment and it kind of like the key to happiness and like liberation is being completely detached because it kind of releases all this resistance and you open yourself up to receiving and only once you've detached can you actually kind of get everything you want. And I think that for me and I've seen definitely people that I've trained and I'm just like observing in the fitness industry is that people have this real attachment to their body. They really identify as that body and they kind of are not yet in that other realm of soul and kind of like infiniteness and that attachment and that really like drawing down into the into the physical level can create resistance as well and actually stop you from getting your dream body or whatever that means to you because yeah you're so so attached and when you can just release and kind of go into exercise with this completely different goal and knowing actually like wow I, I'm really quite a powerful kind of presence and I can move my mind and my body with this soul energy that's quite it's boundless not only can you have more fun with it but the results can skyrocket because you're just you're so free from resistance you kind of have no physical expectations and I found that yeah that's been really transformative so how
0: Do we release those expectations? Or like, if you were working with a client, are there certain actionable steps you would recommend? Like, I don't know, maybe journaling or using affirmations during exercise? Or what are the tools that you kind of offer them?
1: Yes, I think the first thing that really, I think it's, it's always going to be a process. I, I mean, I'm definitely not perfect as well. Like I, it's not like a, once you detach, you're detached forever and you're kind of this liberated Buddha. I think it's kind of a learning day-by-day um, day process. But I think what really kind of needs to happen, not just for exercise but really in spirituality, is kind of that that knowing but also that feeling and realisation that you do have this this higher being inside of you this soul however you want to call it like some people call it the god within them your inner self or future self or whatever but once you kind of feel that energy available to you and you really make that connection between body mind and spirit that i feel really kind of makes that flow on effect where detachment becomes a lot easier and That is also just learning about yourself and meditation and spending time alone and kind of giving yourself the freedom and the time to explore that new aspect and being open enough to explore that as well. And I think some people, I know myself, I at first I was quite scared. I was like, well, when when I started to like. Get more into spirituality, and I was like, "Well, what do you mean? I'm not this body. Like, I I invest so much time and energy into it. Like, what do you mean? Like, I love this body, and I think that it's it, it was like really scary. But I think no one's kind of like telling you not to not to love it, but just to realize that you." you're not bound by it. You're. It's just one of the tools that you kind of like own. It's just a home that you're kind of housing yourself in for the moment. But tools to get there, I think, is really just um, time, time with yourself and time to experience and time in meditation. And um, we did this really amazing meditation in the training I just did, which is quite well known and it's just so hum and inhaling on so and exhaling chanting hum just mentally in your mind and basically it just translates to I am that like referring to I am soul and my teacher said that the more you chant that internally the more you start to believe it and then once you believe it you can actually start to experience it as well and um really feel that kind of like soul presence and then once that happens i feel like it it makes it a lot easier to kind of let go of those physical attachments
0: so when you're working with clients do you recommend they use sort of these mantras and meditation like i'm wondering what exactly a, a session would look like
1: yeah yeah that's a really great question um And I think every session is really different um, that I have. Like I had one client in Byron and we just walked literally and we would do these like big walks and talk about work and health and food and nutrition and stuff um, and spirituality. Like we literally just walked, whereas other clients we – would do like a more traditional gym session with weights and and things but I think what makes the PT session different is that I can in the session as the trainer I kind of like become the thoughts by speaking them out loud if that makes sense so I'm kind of like speaking your thoughts to you as you're training so that you're like taking it in for example as my client would be squatting I'm like you're so powerful you have this energy like draw on that soul energy as you push down like feel that surge through your heels and push up out squeezing your glutes and I'm kind of like that background voice feeding drip feeding the information kind of in so that while you're working out, you're being kind of like constantly expanded and brought into this kind of different frequency. That's incredible. Yeah, it's- I like. <laughs> I need to do some sessions with you. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy at the moment because I literally, like, I like I made all this stuff up. Like, I read lots of books, and um I'm I like this. The kind of spiritual base work is the same as everybody else, but. No one kind of like told me like this is what you should say in the session, and this is kind of like what you should do. And I hadn't, I didn't have anyone to look up to who was doing it. So the structure of it is quite loose in the sense that everything is different. And I kind of do lots of different techniques and little things. But I think the next chapter of of my work and this next stage that I'm kind of going into is really grounding down. That structure and actually really narrowing out like what what am I doing and how can I make this more structured yeah and um then it is real but more kind of like out on paper and not just in my mind
0: right so after working with a bunch of clients like experimenting with things have you found similarities between people and I don't know seeing maybe thought patterns they have or certain tools that work best for a variety of people that you've worked with
1: yeah I think um as as women I think we like the women that I've trained I think it's just very common to have this this kind Mm of idea or like separation from your body like that your body's doing this and you kind of don't have any control over it and like kind of this like confusion about body and like why am I why am I changing and like what's happening and like I want my body to look this way but it's not and that kind of like divide I feel like with body image as well that was kind of like a common theme and um how I worked through that was yeah kind of coming to terms with there is really no separation between body and mind and you do have the control over everything and kind of reinforcing that to clients that were women and saying, you know, you do have this really amazing control and like you do have power and your body isn't this like random thing that will just go off and on its own thing, like it's all connected. Um, and it's all worthy of love as well and really like imprinting that all parts of yourself are welcome. The rage, boxing, you can like yell and like in squats you can cry, like letting emotion rise up to the surface and, and it's all worthy and just letting it all out. I think lots of that happened a lot with my female clients. But um, what everyone I think can really benefit Too, and I think what is so great about personal training is really it's just gaining the belief that you can do it and then watching yourself do it. And then the more that happens, the more that you believe you can do something and then you actually do it, the more that that kind of gains momentum and momentum and momentum, and you get more and more belief in yourself. And when I have a client in front of me and I say, Do this. I'm kind of, I'm saying do this because I believe that you can do that. So I'm kind of like right there next to them, saying, "Well, I believe that you can do this, so you have to believe too." So they kind of feel a bit more supported. And then watching their faces and their bodies change as as they kind of like go, "Holy fuck!" Like, oh, I don't know, sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Um, you can beep that out. Oh, that's true. Like, oh my God, like I just did that. And I'm like, yeah, you just did that. Like it's cementing those beliefs and then watching as you as you accomplish things and realizing that the power is all, all you and you're literally kind of like creating your life through your beliefs. That is really, really powerful and a, a common thing in every client.
0: Yeah, I'm so fascinated by how we can actually do so much more than we think. It's just the thought patterns we have to interrupt. Um, So yeah, when I got into fitness, it was actually through running. And I read so many books by ultra marathon runners. Mm -hmm. And I just thought they were the coolest people ever because they would do the seemingly impossible. They would run for like 24 hours straight. Yeah. Um, That being said, these people are definitely some of my idols. But then I feel like sometimes I just push myself way too hard. And I have a history of just burning myself out. Like, I would do it in school or with my work. And then I tend to do it with fitness too. (laughs) So I'm just wondering you, have you ever had clients who seem to just, like, push themselves way too hard and... How how do you really navigate that? Like, how do you know when to push yourself, when to challenge yourself, or when to just let your body rest?
1: <laughs> mm, that's a great question. I think that's really prominent in today's fitness industry. I think that's a real st- – Topic that's not really discussed so much about. Like, there is a lot of topic about like just do it, like the Nike thing, and like go and like just all this pressure, like get up on the couch and go and like do this thing. But when does that become unhealthy? And when does that really like tip over to the actual other side of degrading the body and like not getting enough rest? Um, and for me, how I kind of do this with clients and how I do this with myself is. Is actually um, a theory and a belief from a Veda And they say that you should never use like absolutely 100% of your like maximum effort because you're going to draw like all the energy down. Like you don't want to walk away from a session absolutely fatigued like you want to walk away from the session feeling light feeling energized feeling on top of the world having this like life force energy like a rush through your veins like laughing and like being really buoyant and like bright instead of kind of like drained like dragging your body out of the gym and like struggling to sit in the car because your legs are too sore so I think The real difference is how you feel when you walk away from the session. So just like when I'm setting out and I'm planning a PT session for a client, I'll I'll know their ability and I'll make sure that, you know, I'm not going 100% or over of their capacity. And you've just got to find that kind of sweet spot where you can really break free from the patterns of I can't but not not go into the like, I must, I must, I must. You're kind of, it's a real gray area. And I think it's different for everyone and it changes for everyone every day. It's this limit, setting your limits. Um, It's kind of like a dance that you're just flowing through and kind of maneuvering every day. And you've just got to be really present in your body And um, be awake enough to feel and to listen so that you have the ability to set that boundary and also be really flexible with it. Um, Because I think, yeah, it's a real trap that I was definitely in. And I think running as well, I was also really into half marathons. And it can be a really addictive kind of cycle.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like intuitive eating almost. So I work a lot in nutrition and I, yeah, I've tried so many different diets and then I really got into intuitive eating. And I fully believe that we all have an internal guidance system that tells us like what kind of food we need to eat, how much, when we need to eat. Um, And yeah, so I started feeling sort of the same thing goes for exercise, like our bodies, can tell us what kind of exercise we need, when we need it, how much. Kind of like intuitive movement, and so yeah. When I was seeing what you're posting about on Instagram and stuff, I was just like, "Yes, <laughs> I love what Merla was saying." Um, so yeah, if we just are really in tune with our bodies, right? I guess we can assess what we need, and that may change day to day.
1: Yeah, and just making sure that when you're going into a session, you're kind of setting that intention that, um, I want to leave this session feeling bright, light, energized, full of life on top of the world, happy. And like making sure that you really set that intention and not going into the gym being like, how can I absolutely smash myself to the point of exhaustion today? Like they're really two different intentions and the energy that you bring to that session is really different. And I know that in the past I thought that, like the only way to get fit and the only way to get results was to go into the session being like, I'm going to smash myself. But it's actually like the opposite. All the benefits, like you can really like scientifically cut off the Positive hormonal loops that like make you feel really good and give you that endorphin high. You can cut them off with like negative bad attitudes, and then your body literally doesn't benefit from the exercise. And you produce more cortisol. You get more stressed, and you're probably tended to like go downhill with your physical health instead of uphill. So, it's the thing. The body is so subtle, as in like a single thought or like the and the intention that you set may seem so small in comparison to like the physical world but it's it's like potent it's so key and it can make such a difference into your like overall physical health so i really think that yeah in being really in tune with your body and being aware, but also setting the intention and making sure that you're going into the session for the right reasons to begin with,
0: yeah, intention's so powerful also visualization do you use that in your exercise? I've read some articles about how Olympic athletes will use that uh to visualize their win and visualize their bodies, just performing optimally uh so yeah, super interested in that topic too.
1: Yes, I have lots of kind of like visualization techniques uh, in my tool belt that I, that I love to use. Um, in When I was training to be a PT, they used to tell us about Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think it was, who he said he must have done, I don't know if it was like his motto or he actually did a study or something, but he was the one who said that if you think about your bicep, Really like strongly while you're doing a bicep curl, more muscle fibers in the bicep are actually going to fire, and you get like a way more beneficial bicep curl than if you were doing it thinking about like the protein shake that you're going to make after you. Like the awareness, bringing the awareness to the muscle. Scientifically, really fires more muscle fibers. So, you're using more of your body and what's physically available to you in the workout. So, it's really important to, when you're working out, like yoga or like meditation, keep bringing your mind back to the actual thing that you're doing and trying to be really in your body the whole session and yet yeah, making sure that you're there and you're not somewhere else. And I think that something else that clicked for me as I was doing this training last week was that my teacher said that the two symptoms of the soul or like the two things that um, that are in us that we know that we're soul are breath and awareness because if the breath goes we're like we're dead and if the awareness goes like no one's nobody's home kind of thing so we know that we're alive and we know that we have a soul in us when we're breathing and we're aware and we're awake and i think that bringing your awareness to a certain part of your body or muscle without thought that is really like the soul's energy that is really like that other kind of level that you're bringing into the workout because you're not using your mind. You're not really thinking about anything, but you're aware and you're bringing that awareness, which is not really from the mind. It's from this other kind of like energy source. So that can also really transform how much energy you have available to you and the powerfulness or the Potentness of the workout itself when you can really become aware and it starts to become a meditation as well.
0: Yeah, you're just connecting with that whatever you want to call it, like higher self part of you. Yeah,
1: the part of that doesn't think but like observes and is kind of like always there, um, in the background, being aware of everything.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what would be the difference between meditation and sort of this? active or mindful movement would you say it's sort of you get similar benefits from mindful movement
1: Mm, yes good question um well I I see the movement the whole mindful movement exercise very similar to the way that yoga sees asana the asana practice so basically I see this new way of exercising as a way to clear your energy channels within the body and nourish the body and give it the blood it needs and the oxygen it needs and the strength it needs to be the healthiest it can. Because once that's sorted out and you feel free and light and healthy, the soul becomes bigger. Like you can kind of feel it. You've got more space now in your body to feel. Things and to really connect with the universe and to um, be happier and kind of have a higher state of consciousness when you're not so brought down by these energy blocks that can sometimes manifest in different parts of our body. So, I think it's very, it's exactly the same as what the asana practice is for yoga. Because I know you would know that in yoga, you have like those three levels of body. So you have your like physical gross body, then you have your subtle body, which is more like mind, and then you have your causal body, which is like the soul. So asana brings you from gross body to subtle body, so you kind of um, lose it, your body becomes so light that you kind of lose that sense of body so that you can kind of go into pranayama and then then you can lose your sense of mind and then you're just in this bliss, soulful state where you can like fly around in the universe. So that's kind of how they created Asana for yoga. And I feel like that kind of really came similarly to me authentically without me really even knowing about yoga when I I was making this up at the time. But when I learned about yoga eventually, like properly, in, over the last weeks, I kind of realized how similar my view on exercise and what the yoga view on exercise was and like the links between the two. And I was like, oh my God, like I didn't even read any of this in the yoga books, but like I, I knew it, like I was kind of already teaching it. So that was also like a weird realization to have.
0: It was really cool how you kind of piece things together. Yeah. Like I was saying before, I feel like every form of mindful movement can be an asana practice. And yeah, after I did my training, I actually started doing shavasana just after my workout at the gym.
1: Yes, shavasana, I, I do it after every PT session. It's so powerful. It's like oh, good. the best way to finish off um a session to kind of like feel the benefits and like feel your body as it evolves it's just yeah the best i love shavasana it makes such a
0: difference right like i would just go to the gym and then leave instantly not really take a moment to sort of mm. take in all the benefits from the workout mm. but yeah i find just having those few moments in shavasana it makes it makes such a difference
1: it does. it does it's it's key really
0: Oh, yeah, and I, I wanted to hear the story of why your podcast and Instagram is called The Wild.
1: Mm, yeah, so um, I, that was quite recent. I only did that like just before I headed off to India, um, but I decided to rename it The Wild because basically I wanted – I knew that the kind of style of fitness I was talking about and teaching was different – to things I'd seen going around in Instagram and in the industry. So I wanted a different name and I wanted people to kind of like see it and be like, that's really different and then like learn about it. And I chose the wild because basically to me wild is unconditioned. you're kind of free. you know you're not conditioned by society to like do something for a certain reason. you're just your most authentic self. I want people to exercise in that headspace. I want them to exercise in this unconditional, detached, love-filled mindset instead of this kind of really conditional, I have to work out this many minutes in this week so that I can look this way for this date. Like that's really quite, in my opinion, a really conditional way of exercising and a really structured way Whereas I wanted people to connect with this expansive soul self that was like full of energy and love. And you could just run and swim and jump and squat and box and just really reconnect with this authentic part of you that is so free and and wants to move as well. Because I really think that our bodies love to move and they want to move. And it's kind of just this bad habits that we've installed of sitting down for long periods of time that we've kind of got out of balance with that but as as humans we evolved through moving like cavemen they we walked and then we ran and then we hunted and we made fire and we made things with our hands and we like experimented with stuff with our bodies that was our way of like evolving and I really wanted to also highlight that that like our wild nature wants to move and these bodies want to explore the world and they want to feel fit and strong and light and happy so yeah making sure that people give them give themselves the opportunity to feel that and experience that way of movement instead of something i don't know like in the gym in a dark gym on a treadmill by yourself with like sad music in your headphones. I think it's a real different view. Oh, I actually wanted to
0: ask about that too. Um, do you think that the environment that you're working out in has uh, an effect on yeah, your workout, your, how you feel?
1: Mm, I think to a certain extent, yeah, a hundred percent, but it really, I think it depends on The person as well, because if you're really like mentally kind of like strong in your mind, like you, nothing will shake you, and like, and you can just go into a room of people who might be really gym junkies, and you can just not care and like do your own thing and not let the environment affect you as much. But I'm a really sensitive person, and I'm really sensitive to energies. If I feel like the gym has a weird vibe, and um, there's like yeah, kind of random people. I um I don't like it, and I really love to like have an outdoor space and be at the beach or have a really light filled space. So I think yeah, I feel like for me, a hundred percent, the um environment really affects me. But it, I think it really depends on the person. So my sister's really like one of those people who um are really strong within themselves and she could she could work out anywhere she could go to a random gym in the middle of nowhere and still have like a really amazing workout
0: yeah but yeah your perspective is so unique and incredible and I think it's so needed and yeah not many people in the fitness industry seem to be talking about this kind of stuff so I was wondering was it challenging to just voice your opinion or was this just something you knew you had to share with people? Like what was that whole process like discovering that you wanted to share this and actually going for it and being strong in your voice? Cause yeah, you talk about it so amazingly. It's really
1: beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Um, because yeah, I was, I'm scared as hell like all the time, like every day, um, even now because, yeah like as I said like I'm kind of not making this stuff up because I feel like it's definitely being like downloaded to me and I'm kind of pulling it from I don't know the universe or whoever has chosen to bless me with this kind of information but yeah it is really scary to go out on on a new path when no one's kind of talking about this kind of stuff and I think like all the time, I'm like, do people think I'm crazy? Like, do people really get what I'm talking about? Like, do, like, do they think that I'm just some weird, like, neuroscience freak who, like, spends all her spare time researching, like, um, controlled trials and stuff? Like, I have all the doubts, like, all the time. But I think that when I didn't have that Instagram where I would post captions about it or I wasn't doing my podcast or I wasn't writing any blog posts, I would literally, like, go insane. Like, I just had this, like, energy within me that was like, ah, share, 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 share. And, like, I got to the point where the anxiety of not sharing was bigger than the anxiety of sharing sharing. And I was just like, oh, I can't, I just have to, I just have to like not care anymore about how it gets received. And I just have to keep sharing. Oh, I'm so glad that you're sharing all of this. Like, honestly, you're
0: right. It takes so much courage.
1: I just remember this as well. At the time when I was really like just starting out, I really surrounded myself with people who were really supportive, um, like both physically, like in my life, but also like, figuratively like I listened to so much Brene Brown and I listened to so much of like Elizabeth Gilbert her book on creativity and I like listened to like all these really amazing creative people who had done kind of the same and had been really vulnerable in their work and I in a way like made this kind of circle of people I admired and looked up to around myself and just every day continued to tap into that energy and listen to their podcasts and listen to things. So I felt really supported because I feel like also sometimes on Instagram, you can kind of feel a little bit isolated and kind of alone. So making sure that I had that around me was a real turning point. That's a really good tip. Yeah, making sure you have that support. Mm-hmm.
0: you probably heard the quote, you are an average of the five people you're surrounded by most. Have you heard that? Yes,
1: yeah, I have yeah
0: I feel like that extends to the media you consume as well, right? So it's like you're mm-hmm. listening to Brene Brown, Elizabeth Gilbert. It's kind of like they're part of your tribe.
1: Exactly. It's like, that's like the amazingness of social media like the plus side of it is that you can like only follow really lovely people and you can like create this circle around you that's like really full of love and support um, and you have all the access to it we're all but you can do it the other way and kind of like go in a negative circle so being really careful of the content you consume is really important
0: yeah I had another podcast guest who mentioned she Thinks of it like a vision board. It's like, what are you yes. putting on your vision board? Who are you following?
1: <laughs> yes, because it's all about awareness, right? Like what, what's in your awareness is gonna is what you're going to think about and then what you're going to attract. And if you're like looking at certain stuff every day, that's going to be constantly kind of like in your mind.
0: Yeah, definitely. Totally makes sense. But yeah, like I was saying, I'm I'm so grateful that you've been sharing all of this. I came across your Instagram and it just resonated with me so much. And I, yeah, I know, like me personally, I get scared of sharing things sometimes because you don't know how like it'll be perceived. But yeah, we just have to let that go. And there's always going to be someone who would like really need to hear what you say and like really resonate with it. And so, yeah, I just totally resonate with your message and all that you share.
1: Oh, yeah, thank you so much. Helps so much to hear that kind of feedback and um yeah it's so encouraging thank you
0: really glad that you're doing what you're doing and so you're in India now yes how long are you staying there because I want to do a session with you
1: wow <laughs> yeah. um oh my god I just checked my um battery on my laptop and I'm on three percent and my oh, okay. laptop- my laptop charger is lost currently in my bags in Mumbai, so oh, um, <laughs> I, can't, I have to wrap this up in the couple of next couple of minutes. But yeah, I've I've been in India for the last month, so I just finished my three week teacher training in Pushkar, which is like this little um, mini holy city, like in the middle of the desert in India, and then I flew last night to Goa. I think I'm spending like 10 days here just with the palm trees and the ocean and some really bowls and kind of just having some integrative time because the course was really huge and I got so many new ideas and downloads and kind of like projects I wanted to launch and it was really intense. So I kind of need, I've just been, yeah, writing every day and um, getting it all out and like making sure that, I have it all down on paper before I lose it in my mind. But then I kind of on purpose created a really open window after the course because I wasn't sure where I was gonna go or head off to. But I'm thinking. Well, at the moment I have a flight to Melbourne in November, and um, where my where I grew up with my like mum and dad and everyone is there. So I'm thinking potentially of going and spending the summer in Melbourne because it will be really good weather um, there and like having Christmas with my family there but then yeah it's kind of a really massive open window um, in January where I'll go and like what I'll do yeah I don't I have no plans. Well I hope that our paths cross. Yeah I I really want to get to LA um, and America and that side of the world like soon so i'm really hoping Mm -hmm. that um yeah we can meet in 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 real life and do a session i'd be so
0: excited that will definitely happen we will manifest it into our lives
1: a hundred percent i'm like really hardcore manifesting um in vision festival in costa rica Oh, yeah, because be, you you
0: mentioned you're you're thinking of going there, and yeah going to l a oh, yes, if you are there, I'll meet up with you and do a session, and yeah, you should have some sort of beach workout or something. I will post links to your instagram in the show notes for this episode so people can follow you and see where you
1: end up <laughs> yeah it's a very baby instagram now like it's like a two weeks old because i completely neglected it while i was in the training so it's just a little baby oh the training must have been intense <laughs> yeah so but um but yeah i think this next chapter i'm gonna go full head first into this work um and creating it and getting it off the ground. So it's a really exciting kind of time that I'm about to go into.
0: Awesome. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited to follow your journey and to train with you. This is
1: happening. (laughs) Definitely, 100%. Thank you so much for having me and being such a wonderful host.
0: Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You honestly shared so much. This was so great. I'm so excited to share it.
1: (laughs) Yay. Hopefully people will receive it well.
0: I'm sure they will. (laughs) That was my conversation with Neve. So tell me, do you feel as if you're just going on autopilot at the gym? Of course, it's great to be in a routine, but do you ever feel as if your workouts are too structured? And are you really enjoying yourself? Are you fully present during your workouts? Are you feeling energized and full of life after your workouts? These are all questions I asked myself after having this conversation with Neve. The conversation really inspired me to be more present during my workouts and cultivate more joy during exercise as well. I hope you feel inspired too, and let me know in the comments if and when you try out any of Neve's mindful fitness techniques. In the show notes, you'll find links to Neve's Instagram accounts so you can connect with her, and you'll find a link to her YouTube channel as well. She has great yoga and meditation videos, so you'll definitely want to subscribe. And finally, I have some exciting news to share with you. You may already know, but I've been creating an online course called Fuel, the plant-based living course. In this course, you'll learn how to fuel for optimal energy, health, and vitality through plant-based living. With over 10 years of living this holistic, plant-based lifestyle, I have so much to share with you guys. The course is 10 modules, and it covers everything from the science behind the plant-based diet to grocery shopping and pantry stocking meal prepping and cooking, two healthy lifestyle factors that complement a plant-based diet. What's very unique about this course is its customized approach. You'll learn how to go plant-based in a way that works for your unique dietary and lifestyle needs. You'll learn how to not only follow plant-based recipes and meal plans, but how to create your own recipes and your own meal plan based on your unique bio-individual needs. Bioindividuality means that we are all unique and no one diet or lifestyle works for everyone. With years of working in wellness, I've realized that bioindividuality is often the missing link for so many people. People often come to me after going from program to program, trying out different diet plans they found online, and they're confused about what they're doing wrong. They're confused about what the ideal diet is. That is where bio-individuality comes in. You can get all of the nutrients you need from plant-based sources, and there are so many different plant-based foods to choose from. When going plant-based, it's so important to do it in a way that works for you. This course covers the basics of what you need to know about plant-based living, and it also empowers you to live a more plant-based life in a way that's easy, fun, flexible, and takes into account your bio-individual needs. The course is launching this spring, and I'm giving 50 people free access to the course in exchange for some feedback and a testimonial. If you're interested in participating, please apply for a spot by sending an email with your name and why you're interested in taking the course to fuel at alessandracarden.com. You can find the email in the show notes as well. I hope you enjoyed the show and thank you so much for listening.